Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Did you know that one of crypto's best use cases is also a tax-saving strategy? I'm talking about donating crypto to your favorite charity. The Giving Block makes it easy for the crypto community to support important causes with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and dozens of other cryptos. Choose from over 1,200 vetted nonprofit organizations, donate any amount, and then hold on to your tax receipt. When it's tax time, you could save big. Your donation could offset some or most of what you owe on that huge capital gains line. Make smart money moves while making a difference. To learn more, visit thegivingblock.com NFP. That's thegivingblock.com NFP. And let's show the world that crypto is good. Hey, this is NFP, the non-fungible podcast with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. My guests today are from the Museum of Crypto Art, the director and curator, Shivani, and co-founder, Colborne Bell. Hey, Shivani. Shivani 3000, yeah? Hi. <laughs> Colborne yeah. Bell. Colborne Bell, <laughs> joining us from MoCA. So glad to have you join me here on NFP. It's great to see you again. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. Yeah, for sure. And welcome for the first time, Shivani. I haven't met yeah. you before, so that's awesome. I was just looking, searching through your uh, Twitter handle there and came across your very profound question that I thought was a good way to start off the show. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, do you want to share about your thoughts about this, this provocative question you were asking yes. an hour ago? Yes. I had a deeply insightful um, question, which is what the I... fuck is the metaverse? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Is it, is it discord? Is it VR? Is it WhatsApp? Is it like, it? it's just, it's weird. I don't have an answer. Well, it's all of those things together. But like, but what are the edges to it? When does it, is it everything that is not physical? Like, this is a multi metaverse. This is for (laughs) sure us existing in the metaverse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is it a simultaneous thing then? Like it's coinciding with what we're doing in this reality? I mean, I think it's it's increasingly becoming like our reality. And that's mm-hmm. where I don't know how to draw the line because I think all these corporations are defining the metaverse as like the place people go online to like okay. interact. But for those of us who are like in this world now, it's like literally our full lives. Right. Um, <laughs> you, know what was, you know, it was a crazy tweet that I thought was super interesting. It came from Claire Silver. And it kind of relates to my background in psychology, but there is for sure like a heavy psychological burden of being anonymous online and having to maintain uh, two separate and distinct and unique personalities. Um, You know, both of us are, I think all of us are relatively, you know, ourselves. Um, But I wonder what if, is going what the toll will be for people that kind of continue to role play so much a particular ethos identity um and interesting it's not like this is like new you know like there have been people who have built their entire lives on like instagram and mm-hmm. like fully as gamers right like this is a question that's been going on for like decades but now that it's getting like corporate-ified as like a legitimate place to live it's a question for me, like, is the metaverse like where you get to be yourself? Is it a place? Mm-hmm. Is it an identity? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know I, myself, you know, when I first began writing for kind of like journalistic websites, it didn't dawn on, it didn't occur to me to go with like a pseudonym. I just used my real name. But I've often wondered, like, would that have been a better approach to just 
be this other entity. And I don't know if it would have been, you know, because then, like you say, Colborne, there's a weight to that. There is a, mm-hmm. a cost to that, to keeping that separate, in a sense. I mean, I can barely keep up with myself as is. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if I'm not like just saying what is true and authentic to the one person, I don't even know how you begin to decipher and delineate and split and um, segment. It just seems impossible. I agree. Yeah. In the past couple of days, we finally met like uh, Renee, who's the technology director of the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and his friend, they came from Germany. Like we'd been working together for like a year and a half plus now. You're in, yeah. And um, his friend was just saying that he spent one full year of his life, 16 hours a day on playing League of Legends with one Whoa. day a week going into like the real world to get food and stuff. <laughs> That's like those like, terrible stories on. of people like, you hear about. Another- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These terrible stories of people you hear like who die like playing video games because they no, but he like loved it in the real world. He was like, it was one of the best years of my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you know, who am I to say or any of us to say like where you should or shouldn't be? But right. we're definitely. <laughs> it's definitely any- changed. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting though talking about. Obviously, we've got. Shivani here, director, curator, Mocha. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff happening with Mocha lately. Some of it, you know, I remember when I first talked to you, Colborn, about talking again, there was some kind of bad news that happened back then. There was some issues with, uh, I don't remember the details, I'm sure you do, with uh, some loss. No, you've blocked it out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a, yeah, there was a a third-party hack of our team's vested or vesting mocha tokens. Right. Yeah. Um, which caused a cataclysmic price decrease that every day we are, you know, still battling back from. Sure. But it's only money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I think our team is, is it certainly. I don't think has taken away anybody's incentive to be their absolute best for this project each and every day. I think this is a project that um, attracts people with high integrity, high uh, you know ideals that want to see it happen one way or another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. Well, it seemed like the community really rallied around you in that time, though. I mean, not a single person, I kid you not, not a single person complained about the price, right? Like everybody understood what happened. They understood it was no fault of the developers. It wasn't like, you know, it obviously wasn't us uh, that, that did anything to cause it. And like everybody just said like speed bump, you know, five-year plan, 10-year plan, like Let's get through this and onward and like keep going because we love you and we need you. And yeah. that was that was super just beautiful. It's kind of an existential problem though, when you look at the space and how vulnerable it seems to be to these kind of sophisticated attacks. And there seems to be more and more of them that you see in the news, like substantial amounts of money and people who are savvy, mm-hmm. you know with Mm -hmm. their wallets and custody and so forth and yeah i don't know it's a little troubling because you think okay it kind of hurts you know in terms of people that are newer to the space going okay is this a safe place to be because it's kind of daunting when even the pros are getting hurt do you know what i mean like it's it's not a safe place to be yeah Mm. you know you you the (laughs) what is it return is always commensurate with risk right right so if you want to play for that massive upside like you you take the risk generally as an individual that no corporation or hedge fund or whoever it is out there can take you take more risk and we're like living and creating with like very developing early technology right so we we need to be willing to like take that risk as well and it's, it really isn't 
I, I agree. It's not a fault, but it is like a big issue of the ecosystem. And I think it'll continue to be that way until like maybe smart contract security becomes something that we can like point to and like add to our like systems in place, but that'll take time. <laughs> I don't even For know what sure. that looks like. Well, I mean, I suppose over time it, it fixes itself because the vulnerabilities get exposed. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, bug bounties, it's, it's no different than the evolution of any tech that's come before. Um, sure. You just, you got to roll with the punches. Yep. I mean, I can't imagine how that would have felt in that moment when you saw that happening. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a little more like seasoned, right? I've been in DeFi projects that have rugged. I've been in stuff that's like cataclysmically collapsed. Of course, it's terrible that it's your own, right? But like props to Renee and the rest of the devs that were awake in Germany that, um, you know, saw what was happening that, you know, used like treasury funds to uh, buy it back when it was 10 cents and like put out a statement really quickly. And, and I think as far as handling it, like we handled it to the best of our ability and doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? The grades get hacked, like Ethereum was yep. hacked. So there was that question if we were going to fork it or not. And, and no, we'll, you know, we'll just go through it. Yeah. Definitely for me, a like sinking feeling of like, ooh, we're at this place now where mm. we have like a couple of decisions to make that are going to change many things for a lot of people besides just us. Because there's right. a lot of like artists involved and developers and like, you know, people who like really feel strongly. And so I think it was actually a very good lesson for that, mm. like how to manage those emotions and like think pretty clearly and yeah. rationally as opposed to like, you know, out of fear. And I like that note that we put out to the hacker. I like the way that we brought people together as best as we could. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I admire the way that you came through it for sure. Thank you. That would have been a very challenging experience. So that was a, uh, yeah, tough time. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I want to talk trash with you. I want to talk That's trash cool. art. Uh, <laughs> near and dear to my heart. You know that, Colborn. Definitely. Um, you know, and it was just interesting with this little story recently with uh, Rob Ness and Max Osiris and Eric Rhodes getting reinstated into Super Rare. And I thought that was just such a nice, like, complete circle there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was beautiful, no? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's at every, it's, it's, it's funny to have been here so long that like your enemies become your friends, you know, new enemies are formed, become your friends. <laughs> like there is, you know, I think there was so much politics in the beginning. Um, and now there's so many people that it's like, okay, like, well, these are all of our friends. And, you know, I followed those guys when they got kicked off super rare to rareable and was, you know, like buying their crazy. And um, we'll see, you know, if they come back and what they do. I know Max has already started minting, already started selling. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, no, it's just, I thought it was um, interesting in terms of, it coming around to a point where it is recognized as, you know, a form of expression. I, I think more than like anybody's decision to remove them for some terms and conditions. No, it was like governance in action, rare holders and voters rallying to reach a quorum, which was a pretty high bar. Um, mm -hmm. And then unanimously voting to reinstate them. Yep. Yep. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can ask you, Shivani, like what's the latest uh, events that are happening now in the world of Mocha? Maybe you can break down to us. What's, what's you going know, on? I just days? have one thought on um, the previous question. I think. Oh yeah, go ahead. I think, um, you know, there's always like 
people who want to create something that's not the system and like push mm-hmm. back against it heavily. And then eventually they get like back put into it because it is like a big system. This is like cross technology, art, like whatever. And so I'm really interested to see what happens now that they're mm-hmm. like back in it. And what are they going to say about that? Obviously there are strong emotions. So I'm curious, it could be like a, a how do you fight now that it's like so massive? Right. And what do you speak about when you simply cannot create like a mainstream alternative anymore? You just have to like be okay with being quiet, a, a smaller voice, right? So right. yeah, it's going to well, be- Well, and there was that element of them rebelling against something, right? And so mm-hmm. what happens with that when you're now back into the fold, so to speak? Yep. 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 Um, events with Mocha. I think, you know, over the last, um, year we went heavy on like exhibitions and Mm -hmm. events in the metaverse. We ended up doing like in total, even from like April of 2020, like close to 31 exhibitions. Um, wow. 10 of which were like in real life in different places across the world. Mm -hmm. And they weren't like put on by us, but we collaborated with different institutions and groups that wanted to show work. Um, So I think in the future going from here, um, we are interested in helping those events happen, but not making it the like pure focus to just keep doing exhibits every month. Um, Instead, I think there's different ways for people to see and understand everything we've done so far. So this includes, um, you know, like these different standalone exhibits and virtual worlds, which you can go visit. It includes like a daily engagement, like with our app, with your, like being a member of the museum. What does that give you? What are you interested in expressing with your NFT collection? Who are the artists that you would like to meet? you can do so on the forum. I think with rooms, I'm really interested to see how people start making their own exhibits. We're coming out with that um, okay. in the next couple of months. Um, there are these like conferences happening everywhere, which we are like showing up to, but I find those to be more about like making the person to person connection as opposed to an event. Sure. Sure. Um, but we're developing a lot of things and building a lot. And yeah, yeah. honestly, that's the trajectory for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really good one. I think it's time to do that work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You talk about it, you know, earlier you mentioned the idea of it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, how are you, you know, you talk about being a curator. This just ocean of media yeah. that's flying at you. How are you, you know, managing to kind of sift through that all? I mean, I'm like definitely unable to. I can't keep up with any marketplaces. I think like the most interesting work is um, thinking about like the sub movements like within crypto art with the things that I do understand and that we do understand to be crypto art so far. Uh So that is like, you know, you know, trash art. We're talking about that. That is like different mediums. Um, like artists who are building like worlds inside of VR environments, you know, identity and like digital surrealism is a whole thing we have like yet to explore. So I think the curation needs to happen from like the things we already know mm-hmm. and the emerging artistry slash like keeping up with things that are coming in. I'm more interested in like the art collectives that are able to do that like on the ground. I just don't think it's fair for us to be like, up you know one two minds like as you know curating a like full emerging art movement that's like thousands and thousands of people now instead there are like artists that have become like community leaders um and i think that's why like our artist council is really amazing because they each have a like pulse check on different groups of artists different ways of thinking and Mm -hmm. they are like acting as as curators and and thinkers of, of these old, these, these movements in a way that like is much stronger than just, you know, us two. So. Mm-hmm. Well, in Parrot, crypto, sorry, go ahead, Colburn. Well, I was just going to say Parrot with the incubator and it's kind of like 
full basis covered, right? Because you have like emerging uh, co artist cooperatives that are really kind of like speaking from the ground. And then you have very established like people who are thought leaders and we kind of sit in, in the middle and just like reflect and absorb and meet new people and see new ideas and um, almost like uh, a curator of curators of sorts. Mm -hmm. That in a sense, it kind of decentralizes itself over time, doesn't it? It does. That's yeah. the idea. For, for me, it's freedom to uh, upload one's creativity to an open access network, um, disintermediation of middlemen, like the same thing that cryptocurrency is doing and has done to the financial system, I view crypto art as doing to the traditional art system. And most importantly, like the, the individual is acting as an artist while they're putting a digital creation or concept onto the blockchain. Um, so that's very wide and broad, but it en really encompasses like this idea that you are doing something in interacting with this technology that defines it as a like artistic interaction with something like I wouldn't define like the digitization of a Picasso painting into an NFT as crypto art for example right. even if the intentions of the original artist were like incredible right the intentions of the person putting it on the chain is very different mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well yeah that's kind of um almost a synthetic approach to it, right? It's not actual crypto art per se, yeah. But it's still it's still digitized artwork. Sure. Right? That people can interact and enjoy, but I think that's where crypto art differentiates itself. Right, I hear you. Um, in, in one of many ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick break here for the giving block. In the past year, the number of nonprofits accepting cryptocurrency donations increased tenfold on the giving block. Since 2018, the Giving Block has been making it easy for nonprofits to modernize their fundraising by accepting crypto donations. Organizations of all sizes can sign up and get started in no time. Nonprofits are saying that crypto is the future of fundraising. Find out why at thegivingblock.com slash NFP. That's thegivingblock.com slash NFP. Hey, in cooperation with the Koi Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. I guess one thing that strikes me about it is the immediacy of it, right? Like the fact that the fact that it's you can have something spread uh, culturally instantaneously when there's an event that occurs, you know, people can use crypto art in that moment, you know, and people can see, you know, when something happens, people respond immediately with, with their crypto art in a way that couldn't be done, couldn't be done in a traditional art sense. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, there was a wonderful piece, you know, I was thinking of this moment from a lot of money that he released on Rarible and it was the day, you know, Reddit like fucked over Wall Street and it's mm. the Wall Street bed sky on top of a roaring bull with double middle fingers and like, GameStop in the background and AMC just going through the roof and of like that artwork is only relevant to that exact moment in time when that happens and there's no way anybody could have painted something like that two months later and it would have been as relevant to that moment I mean he must have made it in an hour and it literally is like captured in the timestamp and I love work like that that just responds to the immediate conversation. There's something also to be said about crypto art in that it is people like doing stuff as, a as opposed to saying stuff about stuff. Like they're like mm. acting in reaction, right? Like, so that's why I like architecture so much is because it is like 
if you look around and you like understand the history of it or even like you know in the metaverse like you are seeing like human interactions and responses like in a solid place as opposed to just like fleeting thinking so that's what's really cool i totally agree with crypto art is that like you're seeing like the creation of someone's brain capturing a moment in time as opposed to like a scrollable thing mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's interesting it is interesting I I wanted to ask you your thoughts on how, you I mean, you've been around in this scene for a while now. You've seen this emergence of this whole profile pick phenomenon, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club being the most obvious, right? And what do you think? Has that been generally a, a positive for the space, detrimental to the space? You know, uh, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I love PFPs. It's my whole life. They give me so much. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, they're, 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 they are important because they are like easy to understand at this point okay. and very, very catch for your average 50 year old or your average 20 year old. Mm -hmm. So it's crossing a lot of demographics and it's catching eyes and ears and that's good. But, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. at its at its core, other than just like a few projects, I find it to be very, very extractive and designed to make people wealthy as opposed to do anything else. Mm. Um, yeah, but there are some few very awesome projects and it is doing the job of bringing people in. What are some of your favorites? Um, I mean, I'm very attached to my toad now. <laughs> okay. It's just kind of cute um i do like like i've i'm seeing some like interesting concepts like there's this my lady project that i'm finding really cool because it's like this awesome girl wants to do new york stuff selling out her pfps to like all these bros with like repurposed like japanese cutesy culture and she's just like subverting people and they don't even know it and it's great um, and I like that because it's just mass dissemination of like one person's like thoughts and criticisms. Um, so can you elaborate in terms of the subversion that's happening there? Um, so a lot of the images, they have like phrases and kind of characteristics to them that are a lot of the like early Tumblr and MySpace, like e-girl kind of okay. vibes, which like there is a whole weird thing of like dudes following a bunch of e-girls in this space. Um, and so like, you know, and the money is like going towards a project, which is about like a bunch of women trying to meet up and like dudes too. But it's like, it's effectively like, I think it's doing a good job of asking people to have like a distinctly like female figure in their wallet address. And it's, it's cutesy, but it's, it's pretty critical. Like it, there's like text you can find on, on the sides that are like saying very, very bad words in a good way. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, that's my thing, oh, but generally it's like, oh God, stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. There seems to be a new one every day. That's, I feel like it's, I don't know it's lasted longer than I expected, honestly, in terms of remaining popular. Like, yeah. you know, I felt like it was going to kind of start like declining, but I don't know if it's hit that point yet. <laughs> Look, I, I will just, I'll just say that for me, I'm not going to delude myself to think that like everybody was and going to be interested in art, right? right? Art is, sure. art is appropriately taking the niche that it deserves to take. Um, mm -hmm. you know, do I care? No, I don't. Like I was here in 2017. I saw a thousand shit coins go to zero. Like I invested in 990 of them, you know, like, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and frankly, like this time I tried to learn my lesson, uh, at the end of the day, this is going to be garbage for the most parts. Right. And people are going to be stuck. And people who are going to like have created these things are going to be responsible for having created something that is effectively nothing. And there's plenty of people that got like 
chased out of crypto that can't do anything like this again because they ruined their reputation and integrity with one shot. So for, for me, it's, uh, it's like the rotten apple in the apple cart. And, but frankly, I don't care because people who like art should still be here in two years, right? Sure. The, the underpinning and the bedrock of this was the, the art and people's like willingness to express themselves. And because people found like a market hack to make money quick, well, like the reason it's extended so long is because so many of these things are just like run and programmed by bots where people just scoop it out, you know, scoop out the mints and try and resell it and try and build hype. And it's, it's so artificial yeah. as to, to me to render it like completely meaningless, although it's noisy and annoying and that bothers me. I can't like fault I frankly, theoretically, like that there are tens of thousands of kids or whoever being drawn in and learning how to like get Ethereum, use MetaMask, connect their wallet, mint something. Um, although doing so in a rush leaves them like vulnerable ex and exposed to you know things they may not understand. At least they have the toolkit to be able to participate in a meaningful way in the future. Right. So on the flip side of that. What is exciting you about this space right now? What is out there that you're going, yes, this is, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> well, I think we're both, well, I think we're both certainly excited about what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about other than what we're doing. Um, <laughs> well, you can talk about what you're doing too, of course. <laughs> oh. But go ahead, Shivani, other than what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, other than what, I mean, I'm very excited about what we're doing with like rooms and like really thinking about virtual worlds as the next place where people find their identity. And I, and I think we're really building for the next, we're building for the next cycle in a really good way. In terms of- Can like you explain other, rooms a little bit? Like what, what is that whole project all about? Yes. So, you know, you have like maybe now like 10 big virtual worlds, Central right. and Crypto Voxels, et cetera, um, or even like standalone ones like Arium. Um, and every time you enter these worlds, like you, you need to understand the technical specifications of the world in order to build. And what we have is a interoperable like 3D object, which is a, an architecture, like a blueprint. It is also like a contract, which is modifiable over time. But within the 3D object, there is a defined number of places where you can host an NFT of your choice. So instead of like entering a world and then like spending hours, days, figuring out how to build something and, and show an environment of your choice, you can have your own room and take it to any world with the art that you would like. You can change out the artwork. Um, you can start to custom customize the architecture so that you're in the space of like your dreams or, you know, mood. Um, so we're, we're just offering like a very easy layer um, in between like a, a 2D place and a 3D place. And, and, and I think in a really democratic, good fashion, which is geared towards like a good artistic experience. Cool. Yeah, I will say, I think like the end goal of this is that there is some sort of mocha verse where the museum in and of itself and all of the rooms exists in its own world, right? Mm. So you will be going to a place where there is art and there are rooms curated by certain artists or certain collectors or like, we're handling stuff at some like permanent installation or a sculpture garden. And it becomes, you know, a, a community world of art. Um, and this is kind of like a, certainly a stepping stone into giving people tools to more easily curate and to drive traffic to the types of work, voices, identities that they find important, thereby making, you know, again, the museum more decentralized in its curation. And I think in terms of other than the museum, I am really excited, like truly and genuinely with the people that I think are amazing here. They continue to have ideas and build on concepts and push themselves to be better. And that is like probably the most important thing for me. And, and you know, it's not, you can't find it on Twitter as much, but you, you will find right. it 
if you search and find the people that you like and, and you start to build an environment around yourself that really challenges who you are. Like I'm really enjoying that process of like getting challenged by these people because they are, they're doing really cool shit and maybe I'm not seeing it tomorrow, but I'm definitely going to see it in like six months. At right. Max. Yeah. So I'm thinking of the two of you kind of overlooking this part of the metaverse, you know, and when you're seeing it, you know, from your, it feels like you're flying over it in a sense to me, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you have this kind of wider view of it than most people do. I would imagine, you know, what, what strikes you as like concerning in the space right now? What are some things you're like, mm, I don't know if this is good. Well, it's the, I mean, I was looking, we were looking at the numbers today and they're just like, there is like no art that is being sold. Right. Mm. So we have clearly failed to attract and translate what is happening here effectively to a new class of kind of art patron and collector. And I don't exactly know why or what that is, other than it must be the message that most people are getting about the space. So I think we have both an education problem and I think we have a, a media problem. And I think smart money has remained largely on the sideline although i think there are real artists and incredibly talented people here and i think what's concerning to me is is people need to be very very real and practical about how much money has entered this space and what that money is designed to do which is to create exponential value for that person not mm. for this ecosystem so, you know, if you're going to invite like plus $5 billion of VC money, you are going to get marketing and information and visuals that you just don't like and resonate with. And it's really important that like people stick to their conviction. Um, and I'm seeing like people like, you know, start to let go of like that initial spirit, like not that many, to be honest, but the, you know, the people who came in and like, Q4 2021 talking about web three values, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, that's the stuff that concerns me because it's so noisy, you know, even I'm yep. like, what am I like looking at? What am I, what am I doing here at sometimes? Um, right. But the more that I like insulate and find those people, the better. I just hope people do that more, at least people mm. with the right goals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see kind of this trend where it's kind of there's larger kind of corporate entities that are kind of, you know, yeah. going, okay, I'm going to, you know, take this part of the, you know, the metaverse and we're going to take over that element. Or, or even when you look at something like Meta, you know, formerly Facebook, where it's their, their presentation of it is like as if they invented it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. kind of presenting yeah. it to an audience as if, okay, this is the metaverse. Our product is the metaverse, you know? And so there's kind of a corporate takeover, I guess, in a sense, it seems like. Yeah. I, I, I largely agree with that. I see a lot of like kowtowing to corporations or brands or putting like these weird partnerships together or even it was a very strange move for CryptoPunks to go sign with like UTA, like why? Yeah, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Well, they, they already sold the IP to Yuga, right? So mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's relevant anymore, right? There must have been some buyout because then all the IP was given commercial rights to the punks owners. Right. Uh, so UTA is no longer relevant, but like, I, I don't know who was there. Like they, they had no idea. Nobody had any idea what they were doing, right? So you saw like a lot of values being compromised because the space was moving so quickly and people were trying to compete um and everything that we had like tried to really fight hard for there were new actors new players but there was also like a machine a marketing and money making machine that entered that people responded to in various ways so we shall see like how the chips fall but i think there is going to be there is like i think especially on this side not being so much in the markets not being like so vested we have like the vision of the idealist place of where this should be going mm -hmm. so it's gonna be rocky and bumpy but 
there will be some, I think, reckoning of like who has held true to their beliefs and standards and who kind of is representing some other sort of interest here. And there's a lot of, I think, like puppetry individuals as puppets for various interests. And I've always kind of enjoyed like getting to the bottom of what is that person representing and who is pulling the strings. Hmm. Which can be quite obscured or obfuscated, I suppose, in this space, sure. right? Where it may seem authentic. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's that's a big part of your mission, isn't it? Is to find the authenticity. Yeah. And and you know what? There there is just a reality here that there's going to be an industry created by Web2 because they just have so much fucking money. Sure. Like they're gonna create an industry whether or not we like it, right? But can we make like a place and a set of tools so that if you do not choose to be like literally like sucking the milk of these corporations, you can do so. Um, and I and I do think these tools still exist. You just have to take time to find them and you got to find the people to find them, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we can do a, we can continue to do a better job of like speaking out, being clear about what our values are as a community and and what we represent and like why this is a better place to hang out than over there um right on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's 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 hard to be critical in a flood of toxic positivity right mm -hmm. it's hard to be like a contrarian voice when everybody yeah. is trying to feed a, a bullish hype cycle because we're all gonna make it colborne I know, you know, like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, no, we're not. Like, we're, not. <laughs> we're just not. We're not. Like, the wag me, bro. Let's fucking go. GM, GM. Like, this is, it's just trash, you know? And it's, uh, it's. I like making fun of it. I say GM sometimes just for the heck of it. Look, I, I think that is like the, but like, okay, so like the Randy Zuckerberg video was, of course, like right. the, the epitome of just like cringe. The culture has been like co opted, thwarted. Who was it? Like Pepsi talking to Budweiser, like right. metaverse, like, yeah. whoa, like what is suddenly it's, it's a dystopia. Um, and, you know, whereas in the beginning, especially like back to trash arts was like a very strong like cultural and critical commentary on like rampant consumption and capitalism here is that machine like coming to again eat the thing that was the promise of freedom um so it's it goes back to like individuals having the power to be their truest and most authentic self and not compromising to that machine, which is clearly like feeding and creating a globally unsustainable system. I think there's also like kind of two groups of artists I'm seeing like come up that are going to potentially do really well in this time period. Like one, like just trolls. Like you got to troll these people, right? And you got to like remix it and like make it interesting and make it funny to make fun of them. Make it cool to make fun of them, right? And, and second is also like artists who are like very cleverly finding patrons and collectors. And then you potentially, even if they don't agree with the collector, they're using that money to like buy other artists work or like build out their own practice. Like there's a bit of a game now with like, even if you don't fully love the collector, you know, maybe you have to use that. Like I've seen that happen in the last couple of months and I kind of respect it because they're being scrappy, you know? Um, but yeah, I know that Randy's, it's, I, I was telling them, like I was telling everyone on our team that it's like a tampon commercial and in a really, really sad way <laughs> when she's like running around. <laughs> It's like so. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Do, That's the level. You gotta at. wonder. Like, did they recognize it about themselves? Did they? Could they see? It? <laughs> I think I so. I don't think. I no, don't know. no, no, I don't no think self aware. No self aware. No, I think she was aware, and then she's like, "Wait, it's gonna go. It's like interesting, and it'll be like the right like place in between cringe and funny, like an SNL." So you're thinking like, she was thinking this is deliberate cringe to get like 
No, uh, I don't think she understood you think how so? bad it is. <laughs> no chance. No chance. She thought it was cool. I mean, even when you see like Mark Zuckerberg's, like, I almost like, can't believe that she thought it was cool. Sorry, you were saying, Giovanni? <laughs> I even when you see like Mark Zuckerberg's interview with Lex Friedman, you know, like do these people are sharp. There's mm-hmm. they they're sharks and they're very sharp. But like they're so calculated in how they present themselves, they don't realize that they're losing their humanity with mm. like the people they're speaking to online, and we can see it. And like no one on their PR team is going to tell them that. So. Yeah. Just the way Zuckerberg drinks water. It's like, yeah, are it's, you human? <laughs> really rough. It's really rough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Like I'm seeing, like for example, you've got Instagram now. They're talking like NFTs, right? And you've got, um, you know, the Coinbase NFT, and you've got like kind of like these really big organizations. Kind of, bit, I mean, Coinbase isn't that big compared to Facebook, of course, or Instagram. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see how, you know, how things have changed so quickly. You know, um, I'm hopeful. Like, you know, I guess, you know, I'm naturally optimistic type person. You know, I feel like, you know, there's still plenty of room for artists to kind of carve out a space. Um, It might be harder to be seen, though. That's, you know, to be visible. But that's where people like you come into the picture, right? That's where people like entities like Mocha are so important, right? Yeah, and I think our, our curatorial vision is like very sharp. Like we, we know what we're looking for. We're not, we're looking for people like born in and of the space, not people that have been generally like working as freelance designers or presenting their work on Instagram and then like converting that into now an NFT. Like, just because you can mint an NFT does not mean you create crypto art. Um, So, so much of it is intrinsically tied to the personality of the person um, and how they present themselves beyond uh, the, the message and meaning of the artwork because a lot of times in this space, the artwork itself carries no context right this is not like because it is so of the moment well most people like really aren't taking the time to put forward like an artist statement or a why this is more like a subconscious musing um in which it is like reflecting back into the philosophy and ideology of how the person has presented themselves over the long term because i think it's it's rather easy to create something that is aesthetically beautiful or attention grabbing or capturing but it's something else entirely to again maintain that authenticity that train of thought that vision of where we're going and then be able to like communicate people and have the artwork sit alongside that journey i'm just thinking you know when you say that i'm imagining you know of course, we can look back in history at, you know, movements and art much more easily than we can look at the present moment and right. define it, right? You know, like, if we were to, like, skip ahead, you know, 100 years and look back at this time, is this a renaissance in art that's happening right now? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. certainly don't think there's ever been a time where so much wealth has transferred from a a wealthy financial class DeFi bro to an artistic class in such a quick amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the Italian Renaissance is the most studied um, and the Medici family is responsible for like supporting 120 of the greatest living artists of what we have like, you know, really remembered. And, and that was incredible right but this is like much more democratic in terms of who is sponsoring who mm-hmm. um and the connections that i think are happening between artists and collectors and digital media are like very unique to this format and this technology um and i think because the world is going through a massive period of uncertainty um you know there's a where we look back in 100 years and say like pandemic, World War III, what was going on? This is what's going on. That's creative. Um, yep. 
yeah well it's often the art that points to the history right it's the art that Mm -hmm. reveals the history in a sense I mean, World War II era art is absolutely incredible. And it's so sad to say that, but it really was the most extreme, like psychotic breaks, which created some of the most intense changes in art form. Mm. You know, um, it's just how humans work yeah. somehow. And, and I think that really happened over the last couple of years and will continue to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything you want to make sure people know about what's going on at MoCA before we wrap things up? Just dive in, you know, just dive Mm -hmm. in, dive in somewhere, ask us questions. We're going to be road showing. We're going to be meeting new people. Uh, I promise there's something for everybody. If you're looking for some place to start, jump in into the members pass. It's free to get started. Add your work, uh, whether you're a collector, whether you're an artist, add your work to our community collection. Uh, we want to see it. It's how we discover artists is, is through there. Um, and anything else? Check out. I was, was going to say um, creating a profile and activating what you would like for free is the best way to go. Because mm-hmm. then you'll understand like what we're doing. You can start to like, you know, we're doing, we're going to be doing a number of projects that's going to look at this community collection and like the aggregation of people's thoughts on the forum, like more. Um, So I I really would encourage everyone who has a voice that they would like to be heard concerning all of this and more or less whatever they want, just jump in and we're certainly not gatekeeping anything. Yeah. Right on. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time and being flexible with the time because originally the time didn't work. Um, so I appreciate you uh, making time for this. Are you, uh, either of you going to be in LA for NFTLA? We're actually going a week before for uh, something we coordinated called NFT In. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Explain that a little bit. Uh, one day event, 15 speakers. Shivani's going to be speaking for the museum. Other than that, uh, oof. Art Gnome, uh, Martin Lucas Ostakowski, Sarah Mahoyas, uh, Luna Kuta, Call Me Latasha, uh, Emony, um, just like a really wonderful broadcast of speakers uh, representing all kind of aspects of the NFT space getting together in LA. That's amazing. What's the date of that again? That is going to be Friday. So the 25th. Right on. Wow. Okay. Right away. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you very much for taking this time to share with me. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the work you are doing in the space. Thank Real you pleasure. as well. Yeah. Right on. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.